This is Work of the Beat. It is Monday night, November 18th, or Tuesday, November 19th, depending when you're listening. I'm Kevin Cooney, along with Mike Curran. Glad you could join us. As we are rapidly closing in on Thanksgiving, Mr. Kern leaves Wednesday for Myrtle Beach. I know that's always a bright... And Villanova Hoops. And, and Villanova Hoops. And I saw Villanova on uh, Saturday and afternoon. He's home against Ohio. It doesn't, that doesn't count. I mean, it, doesn't it is it is weird. I got to admit, it is weird. And Mike Jensen sat next to me on, and Terry Tilly, too. I might as well, if I'm going to name drop, I might as well go name drop all the way. The usual suspects. Yeah. Juliano was at a football game. Juliano was up at Penn State. Um, it is fascinating to see Villanova become forward dominant, but that's what Jay's going to have to do this year. Well, the guard is pl- is going to be available yeah. down in Myrtle Beach. So I don't look. I don't know anything about anything. Like you know, how good are these guys? To me, I always wait to see how they play at Villanova. You, you know, Chris Jenkins was supposed to be a little bit better than Josh Hart. Didn't turn out that way. Although Chris made the shot that won him the title. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, if this kid is good, the one thing that uh, Tony Leodora brought up to me, who's going on the trip, Bobby, he planned this trip. Mm-hmm. He said, and I haven't seen them enough to know. He thinks they're slow. They are, and, and that's not Villanova. You know, they, Villanova is usually quick. They are. Uh, I, do you need a second to adjust the mic? Yeah, that, that, that little knob. We're good. We'll tighten it. So, um, it's all good. It's all good. And so I don't know, but I'm guessing if you've got a forward, um, more of a forward uh, dominated team, uh, that could, you know, be an issue. I right. guess. Um. And that was always the thing I think Jay played to a lot was that they were, they were quick, especially on defense. They they could quick you. Yeah. Um, I don't know. So how many rounds of golf are planned? Four. Four. Seventy-two hole score. Really? Yeah. It's not going to get up out of the sixties though. See, that's, that's what, the thing. what courses? All barefoot landing. There's four at barefoot. Okay. So I guess we're playing all four. Which I that's a heck of a drive. The the, the tournament's in Conway, which is it's about a half hour, not even. It's, I, I've been there. I mean, I know how you go. It's, so just, it's down, what, uh, 17? You go it? down 17, now 501. Oh, it is out on 501. Yeah, okay. that's where Conway is. How come I thought that was? Oh, no, that's Florence that's down below. Oh, no, Florence is like two hours. Florence is east. Right. West. It's west. It's near 95. Right. Um, Yeah, I mean, look, is this guard as good as everybody's saying? If he is... I think the biggest problem, and like I said, this is not speaking as an expert who's seen them 25 times. The biggest problem is they don't, it's not that they don't have any seniors, but the juniors have to, like, Crosby Roundtree looks like he's just a guy. You know, I don't think. Gillespie. Well, Gillespie's only problem in life is he's not Arch. Mm-hmm. And everybody, when they recruit him, oh, you know, well, we got another white guy from Bucks County. Okay. And he's a good player. He's, he's a good a, player. But, but he's, he's not, not Arch. Yeah. And the other, and kid, I'm not sure he's a difference maker for a team that may well, make a run in the tournament. He's not Arch. Right. <laughs> and Samuel, who who I think at, out of those three has the chance to be the most impactful, seems like he'll have a night when he's when he does something. Then night. So it looks like they're going to be relying on a lot of young kids, mm-hmm. which is not Jay's usual MO. That doesn't mean you can't do it. And Jay's line on Saturday was, we're going to ride the roller coaster. We're going to be oh, up absolutely. and down, and we're going to be unpredictable. I think it's going to be a, a, a tougher coaching job for Jay than last year. Because last year he had two fifth-year seniors that he could lean on. Yeah. 
They got him a Big East championship, and then he just ran out of gas. We will end. we will do more of a Big Five in depth thing. Maybe not this week, but it's, it's not the Big Five. It's, oh, well, it's Villanova, Villanova, and else. yeah, it's been that way. We'll talk a little. We'll a talk while. a little Temple hoops. I'm sure at some point Penn has a shot to to make the tournament out of the Ivy. Of course, the Ivy's real congested. So yeah, well, they'll, they'll, if you get into the four team tournaments, it's up at Harvard this year, right? Yeah. Okay, and I think Harvard's the favorite. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well. They got to play I think if you host, if I think I think if you're the host, you pretty much automatically it, through no planning, it just ends up being. Well, host didn't win last year. Harvard didn't win it last year. No, no, it was Penn or Penn plus. No, it was uh, last year they were up at Harvard actually. No, I thought it was a two year. No. no, no, it was two and then two. This is the fourth. Last year, year was the third year of the playoffs. Yeah, that's right because Penn didn't make it last year. It was the year before that, right? That they made yeah. the tournament. Okay, I'm losing a year. Um, that, that happens too. I mean, I don't think LaSalle. Real no. quick, LaSalle's still rebuilding. St. Joe's is rebuilding. Drexel, St. Joe's, it's about staying above the water at this point. Look, there are no expectations no. this year at St. Joe's. It is what it is. No, just don't get don't, don't go six and don't go six and twenty, but and they don't won't. lose every game by thirty five. They won't. No. They they're not going to. No, they beat UConn. Yeah, they beat a Hurley. They're not going to. <laughs> and LaSalle has to show a little bit, you know, that you're trying to make a little bit of an up from. I mean, Penn just beat them by, like, 15, but, right. you know, Penn's not bad. Well, we've delayed the inevitable. Okay, we did five, uh, almost six minutes of Big Five talk because do you really want to talk about the football team right now? It is a ugly mess after yesterday's. They're five and five. They're one game out. Of, uh, yeah. Why, why do I, they weren't they weren't favored to win. Then they took a 10 nothing lead, and they didn't score again. And the frustrating part is, this is not a great Pats team, but they are 9-1, and Belichick's doing a heck of a job, and they're getting some players back. They're going to be getting some guys back that are probably, like the Eagles have gotten guys back, has made their defense better. But they had chances to win that game. Mm-hmm. And they played without Howard. They played without Jeffrey. So, you know, should the quarterback come up big enough in that? Look, he didn't play great. He has no weapons, though. But he didn't. But but he didn't play great. There's no, two you're ways. Right. Of, there's two ways. Of there's the at. three missed passes leading up to the Aguilar play, where he had guys open. But the, here's the three, the, the the two ways you can look at it. If you're a, an elite quarterback in the NFL and you could name six, seven, eight of them, some point you have to make something happen. That's why you're getting the thirty million dollars a year. And I'm not putting this on him. I don't mean it that way. But like you pointed to a couple passes that it didn't. You know, he's got to be better. A couple of worm balls. I realize he's not playing, and then, and then his left tackle goes out or his right tackle goes out. You know, their best lineman goes out. So, yeah, they weren't playing with a full deck. But when you get to the 25-yard line late, and you haven't done anything in two and a half quarters, you got to find a way to get that game to overtime, I, should, I think. I should, have, I, I should issue two apologies. Well, one correction and one apology. Last week, my buddy Mike uh, corrected me on this. I said that the Redskins had the worst home field advantage in in all of football. Um, they that, do, nah, the Chargers. They're equal. Yeah, yeah. One one is that, but yeah. But the minute the Chargers decided they were moving, to, I, I sat there and said, "Why?" Yeah, I realized because they couldn't get a stadium in San Diego. And nah. part two, a couple of weeks ago on the show, I said that Lane Johnson was actually the worst offensive lineman of the Eagles to this point in the season. Mm-hmm. Well, you found out Lane Johnson's worth after he left that game yesterday because they stopped running. Well, but but and and sometimes look, I'm not saying Doug's got to be Vince Lombardi, but sometimes you wonder about him a little too. Some of their play, little Andyism. 
Well, I mean, look, he won a Super Bowl, so I oh, can't. Yeah. But you just sit there, and I know you're not dealing with with, with all your weapons, and, and I get all that. But at some point, you, you got to maybe get – I mean, somebody brought up the point today, and I think Sanders carried 11 times, mm-hmm. which, which – but don't you have to try to throw how many the ball touches to him? he had in the fourth uh, in the second half? Probably none. Four yeah. touches in the no. second half. You know, I mean, the pay, they didn't. Their offense didn't do anything no. after that ninety-five yard drive until the drive they had at the end that got them to the twenty-five. And look, here's another frustrating thing to me: you watch college football, pro football highlights. There are receivers all over the place making catches. Everybody has making three. plays. Everybody has two or three. The Eagles make none, and eventually. Play make play, your players have to. That's why I'm saying Wentz has to make those two or three plays a game that maybe they're fifty yep. fifty, but he's got to make it. But Aguilar, or he's got to throw it away. Whatever. But I mean, I'm not saying Aguilar should have made that catch, but he did get his hands on it. He twisted. His, I don't think he's real good at tracking a pass. That's but yeah. he got his hands on it. I've seen other guys in the league catch those, but you know what? Look, the one game. Back at Dallas, they were two-point favorite this week over the Seahawks, which probably sounds about right. Dallas is going to New England. Do you we feel confident be... in that one right now? I would favor New England. Why would I think Dallas is going to go up there and win? Because I'm could... not sure New England is showing uh, you. And what does Dallas show you, Kevin? Dallas has an offense. They went to Detroit and won by eight. Yeah, Dallas and Detroit po- was playing with some guy that looked like us. But Dallas also posts a ton of points a game. I am not saying Dallas can't win the game. I don't mean that's the nightmare scenario for the Eagles that you and I talked about well, a couple weeks ago. Well, if they beat Seattle and and Dallas wins, there's still only one game out with a game against well, Dallas. No. The, now, the flip is you you lose to Seattle and Dallas beats New England. Now you're well, trouble. Well, and, and look, I don't know how all the tiebreakers work. And at some point, here's what's a little concerning to me. Dallas's other three games, besides um, Chicago. They, they ain't hard. No. Chicago, Buffalo at home on Thanksgiving. Now, uh-huh. Buffalo could beat them, but I'm just saying. And they get and the other one's like Washington. So, they've got some easy games, too. I'm not saying the Bears is easy. I'm just saying they, they you know, the Bears are a little dysfunctional right mm-hmm. now. Um, if Dallas goes up and wins in New England... But it still is going to probably come down. Like I said, I don't have all the tiebreakers in front of me. To can they beat the Cowboys? Cowboys. That would be the more pressing question to me. Not if Dallas can win New England, because if we had beaten Dallas four times in a row, mm-hmm. what would we be thinking? Got well, it. we can go to Dallas and yeah. win. And I don't know if that right now their quarterback's playing better. Yeah. Um, the running back's not been great. He hasn't. He hasn't. They have better wide receivers. They have, they have guys that make plays. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, Jeffrey might be back by then. Howard might be back by then. I would hope they're back by then. Um, yeah, it's one game at a time. Yeah. It's all, and here's the the, the, the the scenario for the Eagles that, that might come back to bite you. They've got four games that we're counting as wins. Okay. Two okay. with the Gents. One with the Dolphins. Who are playing better. I mean, they're not. And one with the Redskins, which is a train wreck. But. We're assuming they're going to win all four of those games, and yeah. probably rightfully so. But you know what? All you got to do is stub your toe once. You know, go to the Giants. Stub, stub your toe once, you're looking at eight and eight. Well, but even even if it only if it just gets you to nine and seven, that ain't good. With one of those losses, because it'll be another conference loss, mm-hmm. unless it was to the Dolphins. Um, the only thing the Eagles can care about right now, 
what they do against you. Then you watch the scoreboard. Then you see mm-hmm. you see what that. But if they win Sunday, even if the Cowboys win, you're still only one game back, and you still in you, a way you want have the Del- right Del- Dallas game to be relevant. But again, by the time they get to Dallas, it could be. Yeah. The Dallas might own so many goofy tiebreakers because I don't know who you know how Dallas's losses. Like yeah. if Dallas loses to New England, it's, it's an out of conference you know thing. So uh, it comes down to common opponents, I think, at that point. But we'll we'll talk about that later. So if they end up tied, record against common opponents, I think, is the third or fourth tiebreaker. What is the first one? Head to head. Head to head. Be head to head. Division record. Well, that's common opponents, though, too, right? You, you think well, it's division? No, no, record no. I second? think division record is the absolute. Okay, so is Dallas some, um, just trying to think off the top of my head, I don't think, and the Eagles have one loss, but it was. The da- so if they both hold serving against Washington and the Gents, yeah. then I guess the third one would be conference? Could be. I think that might be. And I don't know how. I, I don't I don't know how. Coming up on the show, uh, joining us from the Inquirer, esteemed columnist Bob Ford. We're uh, going to talk to Bob, who was at the Eagles game yesterday, talk to him about. Kind of the big picture with this team, where it's going, where it's doing. And also, uh, we will talk, obviously, the Bill. Uh, I'm sorry. We will talk about Bill Lyon with Bob. Uh, Bill Lyon, the longtime columnist for the Inquirer, a fixture in Philadelphia sports journalism, uh, passed away on Sunday evening uh, after a long battle with Alzheimer's disease. Uh, Mike and I will give you our thoughts on Bill after we talk to Bob Ford. So uh, stay tuned for that. We'll keep that in mind. We'll also talk a little Sixers with Bob as well. Bob is a basketball guy. He is the basketball guy. One of the best basketball guys in a very good basketball city. We were down in Houston that year. Yeah. And Allen gets put into the Hall of Fame. And Bob was like, okay, they put a guy shot 40% from the floor into the Hall of Fame. (laughs) I'm sitting there going, okay. I mean, yeah. yeah. Okay, I, I get it. Can't can't really argue that one. He did shoot forty percent. He was different though. My take on it is, I test. Allen's a Hall of Famer because from one of the reasons yeah. because he could drop fifty five on somebody at any. But he put fannies into the seats like few before him, and few since him. And I think also when you look at it too. Um, you know, it, 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 it's one of those things that you put it on a slide chart that the guy was just so tough. I mean, it did shorten his career, his style of play. No, he's, his after extracurricular activity slowed his career. Best, best uh, six-foot-and-under player ever? I mean, I don't know what they listed Allen Tiny Archibald's probably in there. Oh, I think Allen's better than Tiny Archibald. Tiny had a couple great years. Allen had a great decade. Well, we will. Calvin discuss- Murphy? Calvin will be up there. But I think Allen you know what? I think Allen is. Let's ask that to Bob. Bob will tell me Bob he shot 40% from the floor. Exactly. <laughs> so Bob Ford from the uh. Inquirer will join us to discuss everything involving Philadelphia sports and a remembrance of Bill Lyon. That's coming up next here on Work of the Beat. Joining us now from the Philadelphia Inquirer, a longtime columnist, uh, it's Bob Ford. Bob, how are you? 
I was doing a lot better when I always wasn't referred to as long time, to be honest with you. But uh, did you prefer veteran? No, and I don't like I don't like KG and I don't like Wiley either. These are all these are all code words. For old Bob, Bob at what point in your career do you think you became long time? Like has it been five years? Yeah, three years? Where, where was that line of demarcation? I don't know, but I crossed it, and I, and I'm not. I, I can tell you that nobody's <laughs> letting me go back. <laughs> Bob obviously was uh, at the Eagles game on Sunday, uh, and we'll get the Bob's thoughts on the Sixers uh, in a moment. And obviously, at the end, we'll, we want to talk about his colleague Bill Lyon. Um, all right, uh, 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 Bob, where where is this football team? I mean, one of your colleagues tonight, pretty much saying it's over and it's all. You know, throw the dirt on him, and and it's all Carson Wentz's fault. Yeah, he did that. Uh, that was Marcus Hayes. Yes, direct all uh, emails to him. Uh, and that's uh, at neverwrong.com, <laughs> I believe. No, no seriously, I, I, res- I respect Marcus. I certainly Marcus could be right. He and essentially his position was that not only are the Eagles in trouble this season. But they've got the wrong franchise quarterback too. It's a, maybe next season doesn't look so good. So uh, he he could be right. I think he's, uh, from my mind, a little hasty. And uh, you know they were going up against a really good defense on Sunday in the New England Patriots, and they were going up. And I'm speaking specifically about Carson Wentz now, not about the team addressing what Marcus said. And they were going up against that good defense without the one guy who could plow the middle of you know the, the running game, Jordan Howard, and and sort of uh, you know take over that kind of role. And without without any reasonable depth uh, in uh, talented wide receivers, I mean you you take you take Jordan Matthews off off the street. And I think he played 75% of the snaps, if I remember the snap counts. <laughs> so, you know, they're really scrambling. And to, to put this on Carson Wentz entirely, and I certainly understand that, you know, the focus, if you're going to be the quarterback, you have to accept being the quarterback. That's where the focus is going to be. But Kevin and Michael, would it surprise you if I told you, now you remember that 2017 season when everyone was handing him the MVP award yep. before you, before you, you remember that one, right? Yeah. Yep. Before the leg went snap, crackle, pop in uh, LA. Kaboom. Would it surprise you if I told you that his completion percentage is higher and his interception percentage is lower this season than that season? Probably would. But since you put it that way, I know it's right. No, it, it's accurate. You, yeah, you can, and, absolutely. And you can look it up. But what's the difference? He's averaging like <laughs> half a yard per attempt because nope, nobody can get open down the field. So, you know, I understand that Carson missed some passes. In by the way, what was nearly a gale force win that made Tom Brady look like, uh, I don't know. He should be retiring, right. Yeah, right, exactly. So, I mean, it wasn't exactly great conditions for tossing the ball around. And I'm not suggesting that Marcus is overreacting. He may be more prescient than all of us, but I'm just um, I'm pumping the brakes a little bit on, on that. As far as the team overall, where they are, 
I think they're going to win the division because the schedule turns so hard against Dallas and turns so hard in their favor. And they really don't have to do a whole lot other than get themselves in a position to beat Dallas that one game, assuming they make their layups. And maybe assuming anything with this team is is wrong. But I don't think the Seattle game coming up matters even a whit in terms of whether they make the playoffs. Well, yeah, but Bob, but the funny thing is, it, it like Dallas has Buffalo at home on Thanksgiving. They're going to be favored. That doesn't mean they're going to win. They have the Bears, and the Bears right now are dysfunctional. And they have the Redskins. So I don't get this. Like, where everybody's telling me, like, I get it. You could go to New England. And, they also got the Patriots next week. And they, and they got the Rams, too, at home. And the Rams look Rams. like, yeah. I'm just saying, I don't think it's as, as, like, if they were to lose this week and somehow Dallas goes to New England and wins, which I don't think will happen, but, you know, it's the NFL. Goof yourself. And I, I don't know how all the tiebreakers figure out. And the other thing is everybody's kind of assuming that they're going to beat Dallas. Well, they've lost like four straight to them, and I'm guessing that if the Eagles had beaten Dallas four straight, people would be excited about the Eagles' chances going down there. So, I'm just saying it's it's, it's a coin flip, which is better yeah. than I thought. The yeah. better position than I thought they would be in. Let's remember that the Dallas Cowboys lost to who? Kevin Cooney this year. They lost to the New York stinking Jets. They lost to the New York Jets. So yeah, could they go beat the Patriots? Mm-hmm. I guess, but they they could also lose to the Jets. So what does this tell us, class? It's parody, and it's the NFL, and we love it, and anybody can win. And buy your Gillette razor blades and your Budweiser and sit down and watch the game. Bob, to me, the most frustrating part about yesterday was wasn't that they lost, because I wasn't sure I thought they were going to win, but that they took the 10-0 lead. They didn't do anything on offense here, but they had a chance to win the game. There was chances, like it, it wasn't so hard to envision. And, and, and New England's good, I get it, but they're not the New England like of some years. But that was the frustrating part to me. There's, and, and then like on that last try, yeah, Carson didn't hit some passes that maybe he should have, and you know Aguilar gets his hands on the ball. But you know, if New England just come in and beat him. You know, twenty four ten. I don't know. That that was what left me like it was almost well, like. That's- that's the thing about this team. Yeah, you, you can't you can't embrace them and you can't kick them out. Yeah, if, you're right. If they if they had laid uh, an egg yesterday, for one of a for a for a better term than the one I was thinking of, if they had laid an egg yesterday and lost, you know, forty to seventy, you say, okay, fine. You know, let's concentrate on this, the Flyers' third line. You know, let, let's, see what's going <laughs> let's see what's going on over there. Let's check in with LaSalle and see if Ashley Howard's doing anything. <laughs> but no, but this is a team. This team doesn't let you get away. Yeah. You know, it's like, hey, uh, well, you know, ba, ba, the, defense, ba. the defense looked good. We held Brady down. We got a chance. Bob's yeah. already auditioning for National Hockey Column this month there, apparently, right? I don't think so. <laughs> no, I don't. There's I, an opening. There's an opening in Canada, I understand. You need some bright sport jackets. <laughs> thick collars. Thick collars, and you need to avoid uh, insulting people you shouldn't avoid. <laughs> yes. and, and if you do that, you can have the job 35 years. And I think I got 35 years. I, I, I don't think about that. He lasted 35 years. Wow. As a mediocre coach, too. <laughs> and what does this? He got to a final. This, I'm, I'm not going to. Maybe Marcus will write about this. But what does this tell us about Canada? Uh, honestly, when you get down to it, <laughs> uh, I hadn't thought of it that way. The Greek lasted two weeks in the United States. Yeah. Don Cherry went 35 years in Canada. Yeah. 
Bob. If what? well, okay, I'm gonna what? I'm gonna turn it back to the Eagles here uh, before oh, we insult God. any more of our Canadian friends. Oh God. Um, do we have Canadian friends? I'm sure we do. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, but remember this: friends don't let friends drink with Canadians. That's, uh, <laughs> um, they, can hurt, they can hurt you. Go they ahead. can. Uh, the general manager, how negligent yeah. was he in getting skill position players around this quarterback in the last two years? Oh, gosh. Uh, I mean, I think more negligent in drafting in some respects than in free agent signings. I mean, I thought, and of course he was hurt now so it looks doesn't look as good but i didn't think jordan howard was going to be as good as he has been right i thought he was i thought he was pretty good i thought and 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 you know you have to say they've had some bad luck i mean they bring in mike wallace last year for the over the top or take the top off the defense you know go long guy and he breaks his fibula in the second week and which, by the way, is a six to eight week injury. He ain't back yet. No. I don't know what the heck happened with. I don't know how many doctors are going to have to fire to figure this one out. My Wallace ain't back yet. He hadn't played it down since. And you know, yeah, they take a roll of the dice with Deshaun this year, mm-hmm. but and Deshaun always misses like a couple games. You know, a couple three games, a little this, a little that. It's a bit of a diva. He doesn't play with a hangnail. I mean, that's clear, but. They got some, some pretty bad luck with the with the hernia or whatever the heck it was that they right. call it. Whatever they wouldn't call it is what it was. It was our sports hernia, and he should have had surgery, and you know he didn't, and now he's gone, and so forth. So those two things are a little bit bad luck in terms of those skill positions. It's not bad luck that they draft a guy in the second round, uh, and he can't play. Arthega Whiteside and uh, the son of a gun. He, he he can't even get targeted when he gets on the field. I mean, it. Uh, I don't know if he can play or not, or what what the issue is. But that wasn't a very good draft. Miles Sanders looks okay to me, uh, but like the first three or four games, he was really skitterish going around the ends. And I don't know who he's going to be long term. I know he's a rookie, uh, but yeah, you could certainly make that case that they said they said, hey, we're going to play out. Nelson Aguilar's rookie contract and see if all of a sudden, you know, he spins straw into gold Right. instead of saying, Hey, we're going to cut bait and really we're going to get some depth into this thing. Alshon Jeffrey was that bad luck. I mean, he's an older guy too. Uh, his history is that he plays that he doesn't get injured. So I don't know. I mean, it's a mixed bag, Kevin. And and, and they went out and got Golden bag. Tate last year and, you know, that was supposed to be the salvation, yeah, but, and but, that turned into nothing. Like my, my flip side on this is, look at all the people who, you know, Josh Gordon. Look at uh, the guy from Denver, Manuel Sanders, who went, ended up going to... Um, well, you weren't getting Josh Wilson. Gordon. Well, but there were people but you weren't available. Getting Josh, okay, but but you there weren't. are people available who were available at the trade deadline yeah. that you could have picked off. The, uh, Sanu was off the scrap heap. Were you going to give up a second-round pick for Sanu? You know, at this point, it may no, not at have this been point, a bad yeah. at Three weeks ago... It would everybody not have been said a bad New idea. England. Okay, but I'm just saying. Everybody said New England gave up too much, but that's okay. Well, you know, well, here's the I don't know. Thing. And listen, I wave my arms around as much as anybody, but uh, the general manager, and that's really not his title, as we know. But whatever he is, <laughs> dean dean of God of football operations, whatever <laughs> that, that that's what he calls himself. I think now, right? 
Yeah, I mean, he's got he's got more than these last six weeks to look at or these last 10 weeks or whatever they really needed to go get somebody. They're about to start paying the, the quarterback, the guy Marcus doesn't think could play, a whole lot of money. And even though the salary cap is going to take a big bump because they got a new CBA coming, it's going to take a big bump. They're going to need those draft picks in order to have some some cost certainty and manageable players. And I know fans don't like to hear this crap when when you can't when you can't throw the ball five yards downfield. And I understand that, but it really is part of his job to see around those corners. So I don't think throwing second round picks away on guys who might help you X percent more than Alshon or or Nelson Aguilar is necessarily the right play. It may turn out to be the right play. Josh, I don't want the Josh Gordons of the world. And and I, I would rather lose without Josh Gordon than win with him because I don't want the guy. And you know what? Uh, maybe that's the wrong way to look at things. And maybe I'm wrong in assuming that their second-round pick will be a good pick. Well, that's the other <laughs> well, thing. There's that, too. There's that, too. And you know, everyone's screaming up and down, well, they're never going to be able to make draft picks now that, that Joe Douglas is going. Joe Douglas was helping make those picks. Yeah, how about yeah. that? Maybe he was the problem. Yeah. <laughs> so Now, you know, the whole Frank Reich and Joe Douglas is, is – Oh, uh, don't go there. And Nick Foles. I'm, I'm, tired, I'm tired of Frank Reich. I want Frank Reich to lose like 10 games in a row because I'm tired of hearing about Frank Reich. You tired of hearing about Nick Foles? Well, I, I don't know. I mean, yes, uh, well, for for 25 years, 30 years, I'm tired of hearing about the Colts, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Fair right. point. Fair true. point. Baltimore. When, that moving, when that moving ramp van pulled out, and pulled out of Owingsville, Maryland, I, I was tired of hearing about the Colts. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's turn to a better subject, or I mean an equal subject, the Sickers, who, oh you know, three games into the season, you know, they were whatever. They were going to go 80, oh, 80 and one or whatever. And now they're struggling. And as I told Kevin before the year, I said, nobody's talking about the Celtics. Last year, everybody's talking about the Celtics, and they wound up being no good. Now nobody's talking about them, and they got, like, the best record in the East. But what have you – I don't know how much you've gotten to see the Sixers. or And I know they, they're big guys, miss some games for various reasons. But what do you, what's your thought? Like, it, we're only 15 games in. Let's calm down. Well, I've, I've actually watched every game. Okay, okay. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, I was on that beat for a long time, and uh, I'm, I'm invested in, in that team. Uh, calm down. Well, there's two things they don't do that on half, in half-court offense that I would really like to see my half-court offense be able to do. One is shoot the basketball, and the other is dribble it. And and I've, I'm a little perplexed as to why uh, – they don't have a roster that's capable of someone who can who can do those things, and I th- I, I think they're going to be pretty good, and I think they're going to win enough games to be certainly you know in the conversation. But as far as getting the one or two seed, as far as keeping yourself off the road, I'm not sure I see it right now. I'm not sure I see it, and I you know everyone wants to dump one. Ben Simmons, and there's certainly some reason for that, but he does so many things so well. He's a great passer. He's a tremendous defensive player. Yes, he has a small hole in his game as a point guard, I will admit that, in that he he can't really break you down and penetrate, and he can't shoot. But 
but I just think the overall makeup of the roster is troubling. I, you know, I certainly think that Josh Richardson was oversold a little bit. Uh, I think Tobias Harris was overpaid to a great extent. It was one of those NBA things where you don't have any choice. You know, you, you got you got to live with it, sign him, and hope. It, it works out great. And I think he's going to be the scapegoat of the season in, in, in some ways. But, yeah, right now, I don't think it's, you know, we, you know, coming out of training camps, oh, my God, they're so big, they're so talented, they're going to play bully ball, they're going to win 60 games. I'm not sure they win 50. Hey, Bob, sure they win 50. what do you think of the coach? Uh, because he's obviously getting a lot of, you know, if we don't get to the finals this year, he's gone and, and those kind of things. What, what do you think of him? Well, I do think that this is a a uh, is that year for him where if they don't so let's say what the expectations are. Michael and Kevin, would you say Eastern Conference Finals win or lose, just play well enough, but get the Eastern Conference Finals are a reasonable expectation that we had coming into the season. Forget championships, forget finals, just get to the Eastern Conference yeah. Finals. You got to get for, to the for me, finals. for me, yes. Well. Yeah. And I think you got to go 6 or 7 in the East final against the Milwaukee or something. Represent yourself well. Whatever right. you want to however you want to define it. Mm-hmm. I would say if he does not get out of that round and into the Eastern Conference Finals that there'll be a change. That would I would be shocked if there weren't. It, it, and now, now that's also you give me an asterisk if Ben uh, Joel Embiid doesn't break his foot next week, you know. Sure. You know, well, if they if he's got his guys. Well, yeah. but this leads to another question, and, and you know Simmons gets a lot of the heat. Why is Embiid's conditioning this early in the season when he's not playing back to backs <laughs> still an issue? You know, we all saw him crying in Toronto, and we thought, well, maybe this shakes him up. It didn't look like anything changed. Yeah, those tears apparently dried, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Uh, yeah, I don't know. And not being seven two and and two eighty, I I don't know the challenges of conditioning with that kind of body. Uh, I will say that it doesn't appear from the outside. And we could all be wrong that he is as assiduous about this as we would like him to be. And yeah, and he's getting, and and don't start with me on load management. I mean, it's, I understand it. And I understand the whole Kawhi Leonard uh, template from last year. Uh, didn't, didn't play single back to back. Right. They apparently finished with, with uh, confetti on their shoulders. Uh, but man, I want this team to play together a little bit. This is it. I mean, Al Horford is new. Josh Richardson is new. You go right down the list. Trey this is Burke, a new team. yeah, Burke and Corkmas and all these guys haven't really played together. You know, no, they've not. And let's not forget Raul Nito. Nito. <laughs> um, and and is Highsmith is down in Newark, right? He's not. Here. Yeah, he's um, yeah. And Jonah Bolden has been is sent to Delaware too. Forever, yeah. It, Jonah Bolden will have tax-free shopping for the rest of his life. I think. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure of that. But I'm, I'm just a little mystified with why it doesn't work better together. And goodness gracious, coming out of training camp and early in the season, uh, Matisse Thibel was, oh my God, yeah, you know, he's, he's a little bit spotty offensively, but man, he can do things defensively that mm-hmm. 
nobody's business. And it, that lasted about five games. And he's getting, what, 12 minutes a night now? 14 they minutes. Need, yeah. They need Furcon Korkmaz, who can't guard my cat, to go out there and stand <laughs> in the corner and make a three now and then. This is a guy they didn't pick up his option. They let go on the open market. He couldn't find a job anywhere, and they were so desperate to find anybody who could shoot, they took him back, and now he's in the rotation. Just and Listen, the Sixers have done some odd things in the last five or six years. This is in the conversation. Well, and, and Bob, the other thing, and this is something Mike and I talked about at the beginning of the year. In a league that had completely gone to sp- shooters, spread the floor, Get the three. You know, what the Warriors did so well. Yeah. They were trying to play 1980s basketball. Can you effectively do that at this era? They were certainly slimming upstream uh, against, you know, what, what, what has been in the analytic era, certainly. And if you can't make a whole lot of three-point shots, you know, how do you win in the analytic era? I thought it was possible if they had the right mix to at least be such, and maybe this is a regular season. I I never thought about it this way. Maybe this is only a regular season thought where, hey, okay, it's Thursday. We're in Dallas. The Dallas Mavericks have been playing 15 analytics teams in a row. And all of a sudden, you know, the 1986 Knicks walk in. Yeah. You know, that might be a really tough matchup for teams in the regular season and you win some games just because the other team goes, man, this is hard to heck with this. We'll win tomorrow. Right. And, and yeah, that's possible. But then where does that leave you in the playoffs? And what I come back to and come back to and come back to, and it's an old axiom in the NBA. It's an axiom in sports is your best player has to be your best player. And on not enough nights, I don't see that from Joel Embiid. Mm. And whether that's conditioning, whether that's scheme, if it's scheme, it comes back to Brett. I don't know who's going to make that determination, whether it's Elton Brand or or Josh Harris or whoever. I would hope it's not Josh. Bob, if they're going to play bully ball, how come they're shooting 33, 34, 35 threes a game? (laughs) <laughs> I know. I mean, cause I don't, I, you know, I, I'm just curious because I, I thought the plan was you shoot like 18 or 20. Yeah. Well, it gets back to what the guy I just said in that. Okay. Let's play bully ball. Let's be a real low post uh, team where if you go and double him and my God, you have to go double him. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so that's, that's why you're shooting the threes is, you know, you have to go double him and he kicks, and you, you make them, but they don't have enough guys to make them, and he's not very good at passing out of the post. He waits. He puts the ball on the floor. You know, there's, there's, uh, I don't know, a fine line between throwing it around enough to find the best shot and throwing it around too much because nobody wants to take the shot, and they tread that a lot, and they're ending up with 18 footers with two on the shot clock, which drives me crazy. And, you know, it's a short for me, it's a short drive, but it does drive, <laughs> it, it does drive me crazy. They so are- I don't I, I don't know the answer. I don't know the answer, but I think a lot of it is the big guy. And I'm not sure how, you know, we all talk about, oh, well, you know, and maybe with some 
some reason, oh, Ben Simmons doesn't look coachable because he just won't do this, he won't do that, and he has to do it his way. I think the big guy might have to do it his way, too. Yeah. By the way, we should point out, the Sixers are uh, average 33s a game, 30.23s a game, 21st in the NBA. Bob, one thing before before we get to Bill. but the, what, All the like, Iverson thing, too. The, well, yeah, well, I know what the answer is there. The, it, like with Ben Simmons, and I don't want Ben to shoot threes. I don't care if Ben ever shoots a three in his life. But he's it's so doesn't the coach or somebody in the organization after all summer we saw videos of this is going to be and, and it's not if you haven't done it by game fifteen what leads me to believe you're going to do it by game thirty and Ben does so many good things like you're saying but doesn't somebody like the coach have to take him aside at some point and say hey son once in a while you got to take that ten footer and I don't care if you make it just take it he's the coach right uh. Michael, yeah, I, I know. hate to be the one. I know. To break. It's the NBA. No, I, <laughs> I hate know. to be the one to break through this, but the day of hey, son, yeah. in professional sports is, over. is gone. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm afraid those are, that the coaches aren't the guy. You know, Chuck Daly, and this is not yesterday now, Chuck Daly used to say, the players allow us to coach. Yeah, and was, fair. And I, I thought it was that was 30 years ago. That was 30 years ago, and I thought that was a brilliant thing then. He also he also used to say that you can't fool dogs, kids, and NBA players. I, I love that one, too. But why but did the, he send out videos in the summer showing him making because shots he wanted, in a gym? Because he wanted to get attention. It's all about social media attention. That's, that's, that's your I'm agent. confused. That's your agent. And by the way, it also might be the guy who's training you uh-huh. who wants, yeah, to, get, yeah, who wants to get the next client, by the way. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, the, the summer videos of bad training threes. I, I think we know now it's it's not, you know, it's, it's like, it's like uh, professional wrestling. You know, yeah. the guy doesn't really jump off the turnbuckle and hit the other guy in the throat. You know, Are you serious? <laughs> oh God! Hey, hey Bob, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you the Iverson question here. Is he the best? Okay. Is he the best? No, under- no, 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 no. Well, well, should he be in the hall? Well, okay, well, no. two prong question. Well, should he? Is he the best under six foot player of all time? Oh golly, is Allen Iverson the best under six foot player of all time? What's your What's your Calvin I, Murphy? Um. Tiny, tiny Archibald, Koozie, I guess, if you want to count. Koozie. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I think he's better than Muggsy. Uh, I don't know. But how how do you define best? I mean, what's your, I hate to use the word, but what's your method? Most talented. I mean, Allen could drop video on you, like, just almost any time you want it. Yeah. Took nine shots, but. It was was a mixtape video, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, is was he is he the best under six foot player of all time? Sure. Okay. Fine. Okay. Yeah. Fine. And if he isn't, he's in the conversation. I would think so. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a deep conversation in the NBA. No. No. Uh, Bob. By, by the way, we should point out, Bob, your uh, your Mike and I and Joe Giuliano and all them had some awesome times on the road. During Villanova's run. Well, we're not going to get into that stuff here. Are no, 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 no. I okay, should just good. point out that, that Bob is one of the 
great people to go on a Houston road trip. Houston was with. good. Houston, Houston was, was really good. good. It was good when we could keep you out of uh, out of the jack in the box. No, no, no. I was so disappointed that none of you guys got on that little train with me and went down like five stops to the ghetto to get some jack. I really was. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, no, it's called we had common sense. For, for, for the background for the listeners, there was a uh, little light rail system that went from downtown Houston down to the uh, arena, or was I guess it was the stadium, right? right. It's not the arena, it's NRT arena. It was about a mile from the from the stadium, right? It was it was a nice thing, and and uh, and there were a number of stops along the way. Obviously, it's a light rail, and. Uh, so we were going down for availabilities, for practices, for for the games, and, stuff. <laughs> and about five stops down, uh, of maybe twenty stops all the way, there was indeed a jack in the box, right there at the stop, and it was in what I would probably call a challenged neighborhood. It's a good and word. It's a good, yeah, very was, good word. It was challenged, but uh, Michael saw the jack in the box, and, and for reasons, and I don't. That's not a sponsor of the podcast. It is not, but we're trying. Okay. Okay. So for reasons I don't understand entirely, Michael loves Jack will talk to you, Jack in the box. And what is your favorite item? No, there's only the two tacos for a buck. Two tacos. And I think they might be two tacos for $1.39 now. I think they might have went off. Yeah, not in Delaware. But see, we're doing a bold as well. You can't, yeah, you can't. When, when I got to the media hotel, I went up to the concierge and said, Is there a jack in the box around here? Yeah, and she and said they, to me, they Yes. They don't get that a lot. They don't get that a lot. <laughs> where's a Morton's? Where's a Ruth Chris? Where's a jack in the box? But, but the best, Bob, the best part of that whole thing was when Joe and I were going to the airport at like five in the morning to get back after Villanova had won. We get to, and at the entrance of the airport, there's a jack off to the right. So I said, Joe, there's a jack. And he goes, well, 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 you know, you can drop me off and go back. Joe, we're going to go through the drive-thru, dude. It's going to take two. And he wouldn't, he wouldn't do it. And I was, I think Joe had pretty much had enough of you. I was crestfallen. I really was. was, Now, now, if it had been, if it was, had been an Italian family, like like an Anthony in the, (laughs) 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 anyway, let let me finish the, the, very quickly the story. So Michael had taken to getting off at this fifth stop to go to the Jack in the Box in the Challenge neighborhood. And 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 the and the and the the locals the locals who were hanging around the jack in the box recognized oh. that this that this man getting off the light rail walking towards them had to be out of his mind and they clear it was like it was like Gandhi walking through Calcutta like he just the, the path just cleared and he would get up to the counter and they would already have the two they would have the two four four four. The four tacos to make because they knew he had been coming. And uh, <laughs> and you know the greatest part was? I actually. Oh tell, oh, tell me the greatest part. No, I actually ate at the restaurant. I didn't, like, take them back to the hotel. I sat well, there amongst the peeps. You don't want to have to open the sauce. You don't want to have to take the sauces back and all. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, it would get messy. In all know. seriousness, Bob, there was a guy, like, ODing next to me one day. He was, I'm just sitting there. I just ate my tacos, drank my soda, got back on the little tram or train or whatever yeah. it was. Uh, not it, as good as any, In any case, we did have some good times on the road, uh-huh. and I enjoyed Michael and Kevin. And you took us to Papado's, pal. I will be eternally indebted to you. That was one of the great meals of all time. 
Ed Rich- Richardson's in uh, Phoenix, the prickly pear. Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> the prickly pear margarita. Yeah. Okay. Bob, you going to write about Alabama? Hell no. I'm writing about <laughs> and, the other team. <laughs> and, it, and in Omaha, was it Omaha? Omaha, where did I introduce you to the, to the, uh, to the mule, to the Moscow mule? Oh, no, that was, was Buffalo. That Buffalo. That was Buffalo. Buffalo. Oh, that was yeah. a great thing on your part because I didn't know what a Moscow mule was. <laughs> And now, unfortunately, that, I do. That, that, that trip was... This is, this is my legacy. That, that it's trip, a good legacy, though. That trip was the coldest trip I've ever been on in my life, that yeah, Buffalo trip. We had, we had fun, though. That's all that matters. Yeah. We had fun. Um, so, uh, uh, Bob, obviously, you know, we're going to turn this on to... Uh, you did a lot of trips, I'm sure, with Bill oh, wait, Lyon. Wait a minute. Are we, are we leaving Iverson Hall of Fame now? Yes, we are. Okay. Okay. Uh, you did a lot of trips uh, with Bill Lyon, I'm sure, back when you were on the beat or, or as a columnist and everything. What was your, you know, obviously, you know, everybody's had their own Bill memory the last 24 hours. What's your main memory? Well, uh, Bill Lyon, well, I mean, we could all talk about, uh, about the writing ability, and, you know, people are going to talk about that. And that's easy. That's easy to see. You know, uh, uh, anybody could see what a writer the guy was. But he was just—he was just a wonderful human being. The humanity of, of Bill Lyon is what is what sticks with me, and what I've been reflecting back over. You know, in these last few months, was as Bill you know, has been declining, and the last week or so, when he went into hospice, and we knew that that this uh, passage was probably near. Uh, and as you said, when I was on the Sixers beat, and this is back in the day when, when we had money to spend, and we would, go, you know, after your team was eliminated, you would follow the playoffs all the way through. And, and then for the finals, they'd send a columnist out. And Bill and I did the finals, NBA finals together, oh gosh, seven or eight times in a row. And we also spent time at different golf tournaments and this and that. But that, that was like a, you know, a two week stint where you were sort of live living cheek by jowl and what i was just i was always amazed sort of by how fast he was hey i mean we're, we were all slow he could turn out a bill lion column in 30 minutes it would take me you know 30 days to turn out a bill lion column and it wouldn't be quite as good but he also had and this is underrated in bill he had a very wicked and sort of cutting sense of humor you know off the court away away from writing you know just you know sitting in the in the coffee shop after a game having a cup of coffee and a sandwich or something and he, he and i don't mean mean but it was just very it was it was sharp it was funny you know whether you're talking about this player or that coach or this colleague this other journalist it was really very funny and but Unlike some of us who are who are mean, uh, Bill never carried that over into print into his work, because I think he wanted a nicer, uh, gentler, more human world than the one in which we actually live, and he wrote that way. He wrote to be more uplifting. I, I there was a quote I gave for for the obituary that Frank Fitzpatrick wrote, which was really, really good. Yep. In, in that, you know, he, it was it was like what Lincoln said, he appealed to the better angels of our nature. In that he wrote for a world that he wished existed, and maybe by writing that way he could drag it 
just a little closer to being the reality. And that's what struck me about him was was that he was he was as funny and cutting and, and <laughs> as the rest of us. Right. But then when he sat down to write, he wrote with the vision of a of a better world. And uh, that's a humanity that uh, I would like to aspire to is probably a little late. But uh, when I th- when I think about Bill, I just think about that guy and just what a human being he was. And, uh, you know, the writing's the writing. Yeah. You know, OK. Yeah, he could write. Uh, but the human being is is something that we're we're never going to see. Okay, I'm going to lay a story on you guys. And, and I was with Bill. I used to love to be with him at the Masters, me, him and Joe Giuliano. And sometimes I guess we would have had a columnist there, too. Right. Ray D. But anyway. We're going to Boise, Temple's in the NCAA tournament. I think, I, I want to say like 98, I don't know. It was one, and, they, and they wound up, but anyways, me, Jensen, and Bill, and we're all on the same flight, and I'm sick. I'm, I got this, I'm sick, I'm out of it. So we get to Boise, mm-hmm. and I haven't, I'm, 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 we're driving, and we see a jack in the box. So it Mike, always comes back to that. So Mike's like, oh, well, you, you want to you go, sure, sure, we're going to go. I got to get something to eat. Well, Bill Lyon had, like, I probably had never been through a drive-thru in his life. Yeah. And I'm there ordering you know, my tacos and stuff, and, and Mike's looking at Bill, and Bill just had this look on his face. I think he got, like, a grilled cheese or something, or he got, like, t- tater tots or something. But but Bill never said a word, never was like, ah, oh, Mike, why are we going to, you know, just say, hey, Mike wants to go to Jack in the Box, we're going to get, and, and the next day I woke up, Mike, you feeling better? How the how the Jack in the Box? And he was just. Hey, if, correct me if I'm, I'm wrong, Bob. He never really like ate out. Like if we would go out, he always ate like at the hotel and stuff, right? We were always trying to get him to go out, like come to oh, dinner he, with us. Yeah, he was a room service. Yes, uh, hotel restaurant guy didn't like to go out. No, he didn't. We well, tried. I, I, and I'm not sure what that was. And it wasn't like he was Chrissy or something. No, like no. Be, to be around us. Creature comfort? Well, yeah, well, whatever. What, oh, no, he would ask us to stay. Like, if he'd, he'd say, I'm going to go to the hotel. Right. And we could stay with him if we want to. Yeah. Uh, Bob, and this, you know, you mentioned about the, 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 the human toll. And, and look, he did that at a time in the business, which is a, one, I feel like is a lot more cutthroat than it is now because of the numbers shrinking the way it is has in the business one and two he didn't do the clickbait stuff i mean how would <laughs> well most of his career there was no clickbait. well but you know you know what i'm saying he didn't do something that he didn't honestly there yeah. are a lot of people in our business or in the business now who, who say stuff just to get attention you know and and he yeah. and he didn't do that no and, 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 you know, how would he have fared in this era? You know, how do you think he would have looked at this era of journalism? Uh, askance, I think, for the most part. Uh, and, and not and you know, every, everything changes. Everything changes. You know, the newspaper business, which is what he was. And Gutenberg invented the, the movable type printing press in, in almost 600 years ago. Mm-hmm. So you know, it was going to change eventually. Right. So everything changes, and we can't just be those guys saying, "Oh my God, you know, everything is you know clickbait now." And and you know, there's the reality to moving the needle and, and to and to getting followers online. And uh, you know, the other thing about Bill is is people like to paint him, and I guess I did a little bit in, in sort of these godly terms. But uh, Bill was not unaware of his talent. 
Bill Bill had a healthy ego in a good in a good way, and he was obviously very humble about accepting praise and, and things like that. Mm-hmm. But you know, if if the challenge was put before him to okay, you're going to be the lead dog, and here's how we're going to measure it. And I'm not talking about selling out your your ethics in terms of clickbait or something like that, but to make yourself more uh, accessible to to the audience that we're seeking now. I think Bill would have done it, okay. and I and I think and I think Bill would have succeeded because Bill could do anything. I mean, he could write any way you want. He could write funny. He could write sad. He could he could write you know maudlin. He could he could write cutting. He could write any way you wanted to, and I think he could do it. Bob Ford, one of the great people in the business and one of the great writers in the business. I'm not going to call him the long-time columnist for the Philadelphia Inquirer. But, short-timer? Uh, Thank you. He's yeah. a short-timer? Yeah. And, He's a medium-timer. How's that? Bob, none, none, none of that KG no. veteran stuff. <laughs> are, they win- are they winning this week? The Birds winning? Against whom? The uh, Seahawks. Not a chance in hell. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Does Dallas can Dallas win in New England? No. Okay, so there'll still be a one game difference after this week. What you, are you aware that the Eagles are two and a half point favorites? Yes, I am. Somebody else watched a different game than I did yesterday then. What did did you see a line on, on New England Dallas? I have not. I can look that up as we speak. I'm, I'm guessing I'm say Dallas is four or five. I mean uh, New England is four or five. I could go as high as seven. I don't know. That's not that's not the old New England. That's I don't care, Kevin. They they do they, they, they it's still New England and New England. It's it's a it's a dumb team going outside in, in New England in uh, in mid to I'm gonna guess November. Yeah, I am New England six and a half. Six and a half. So yeah. All right, six and a half. Um, and those guys aren't wrong a lot. But you know, that's just whatever. Yeah. Bob I'm I'm sorry, I'm I'm teasing the Pats and the Seahawks. I don't want to break anyone's heart. <laughs> Bob, I appreciate it, man. Thanks for joining us. Have a good holiday season. Stay good, brother. It's always been great to be on the best podcast in Philadelphia or this nation. Wow. Thank you very much, guys. How about Holy. in Canada? Not Canada. Not Canada. No, there's better ones up there. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Bob. See you guys. Bye-bye. Bob Ford of the <laughs> I don't know if I ever... Had a bad time on the road. And I consider it about a lot of you guys. I mean, it's not... But and and we used to because when I start doing the Big East when I start covering Villanova yeah. the torn he always he always covered that that was his thing yeah, it was and then he thing. went with Villanova he he was always the Big East tournament Villanova so we would get to see each other at second round losses and yeah. national titles I'm surprised you told the one story about going with Temple to Boise Boise you didn't tell the Dayton A10 story that's a good one too but but I didn't want to you know. Because I don't know how. Go ahead. Well, we we're, it's we're, a classic. We go. There's like five of us, six of us, whatever yeah. it is. Inquire, Ray Perillo, Kevin was there. Mike Rodano. No, was I there. wasn't there. Dom Cosentino. Oh, you were there. No, Rodano was there. Dom Cosentino. Yes, and Mike Sielski. Sielski was Sielski was there. So all the Philadelphia teams lose their first game. This was the year St. Joe's, I believe, yeah. was undefeated. St. Joe's unbeaten, so they lose. Girardi goes home. Yeah, I had to stay. I guess for Temple and Lasette. So. And, and say, no, Temple wasn't in the league then. No, no, Temple was still in the were league. They in the yeah, they were. Did I have four games in? Yeah, no. Oh, Saint, no, St. Joe lost. I had Temple and LaSalle. Right. So they both lose. Okay. So now it's like Friday. 
I guess. Or, or it's like two, we got two days to kill. It's Thursday. You know, what are we going to do? Well, we're going to try to get out of Dayton. And, and American Airlines at the time. U.S. Airways. U.S. Airways. Um, we couldn't get out. It was going to cost us like, I don't know, 500 bucks. So finally, Ray Perillo says, why don't we just rent a car? We'll drive. Okay, fine. And we actually got two cars because there were six of us. So I think it was four. And I was in with Sealski and Redano, I think, right. was our two. So anyway, we get on the road. We, I guess it was Friday morning. We get about an hour or so outside of Dayton. We're somewhere in Ohio. And all of a sudden, Ray Perillo, who's driving, says, ah, flip. Or something like that. Something like that. You know, whoa, whoa, whoa. What's, what's the matter? What's the matter? He goes, I forgot about lying. And here, because Bill had been there, and we we got off the road. Yeah. Because I don't even know if cell phones were probably just coming in there. Yeah. But anyway, we oh, got four. a hold of Bill. And Bill decided he was going to stay because he didn't want to cost something bad. And, and I'm figuring, Bill, you're already paying. If you pay for two hotel nights, it's going to be the same. But anyway, Ray Ray felt, I never saw, Ray Perillo felt so bad. And so Bill stayed through the Bill university. Bill stayed and, and called his plane home on Sunday. Wow. And he was probably happy because he stayed at the hotel. You know, he stayed and just the hotel went, restaurant. went to the hotel restaurant. What was the name of the restaurant? It, they had the same I, I was the Mar- I've never been to Dayton. No, no, but all the Marriott's, the, the, the little restaurant. Oh, I, I It was know. always the same, the champions. Champion, yeah. And Bill was the king of champions because, and we would say to him, like, we beat her. Come on, Joe, we're going to have, you know, this real nice Italian restaurant. Well, nah, Joe nah, always goes Italian. Well, that's true. But that's Although okay. the, the one Italian restaurant we love. Oh, we, I love Trey a lot Clary. of his Italian yeah. restaurants. Don't get me wrong. But Trey When, you're, but when you're with Joe, by the fourth night of Italian, you're just kind of, can we break it up? How, like the, like how we had to find three nights of Italian in Brooklyn during 16 and Villanova. Was the no, we went barbecue one night, didn't we? I thought we went. Yeah, and kicking and screaming. Kicking and screaming. Well, the one, when we were up there for Villanova in 09, it was St. Paddy's. Yeah. And Terry Tui wanted to go to an Irish which made a lot of sense. Shepherd's Pie. And Joe's line to me was, if you guys want to go, go. I'm going, I'm going to the North End. Yeah. And I wound up going with Joe. I can tell you my favorite Bill story. And um, look, I, I wasn't around nearly as much as Mike was. I thought, by the way, I should say this. Mike Silski, um, who is really was mentored by Bill from the time he was at LaSalle. And I think it's the closest in writing style to what Bill is. Would you agree with that? Stor- more storyteller. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't want to compare. Right, but but I would say Mike's style resembles Bill's in, in a lot of ways. And Mike did a great column today. But, you know, I got to know Bill through through Mike. And um, I could tell you the first time I actually covered an assignment with him was during the 2001 playoffs, the, the NBA playoffs. And I was the third guy at our place uh, on Game 7, Raptors Sixers. It was Dan. Uh, Tom Moore did the column or did the the game story. Dan Duncan was doing the column. I may have actually been the fourth. I, I was I was the seventh. Right. I think Silski Silski may have been doing Sixer sidebar, and I was doing Raptor sidebar. Which, if you remember that day, Vince Vince Carter graduated from North Carolina, flew in on a private jet, then misses the shot at the back of the horn that would have won it for Toronto in the Sixers advance. And it was a three thirty game, so I was, you know, you're kind of on that half deadline, half not. And I, the biggest sporting event I had covered to that point, and I'm staring at my screen, and I am frozen. I have nothing. And Bill saw this and like tapped me on the shoulder and went, "Make it sing!" Like, oh great, now Bill Lyons looking over my shoulder and everything. I wrote the story. 
<clears throat> and to be honest, I thought it was complete crap. And um, but I saw Bill at a practice a couple days later uh, before the Buck series, and he talked about how good a job I did on this Carter sidebar, uh, sidebar trying to portray. And it made me feel good. And it made me feel really like I was part of that group. You know, you weren't, I was mainly a high school guy, did a couple Phillies games and everything, but it made me feel like I was part of that group that Bill Lyon was making me feel good. And the other memory I think you and I both have is the night Bill accepted most courageous at the Philadelphia Sports Writers Banquet. And, um, yeah, but I, I've tried to forget that. It, wasn't it was good. so, it was so from the heart. It though. wasn't good. And and they did it when they did it at the at the Big Five. They did something similar at the Big Five, and I felt so bad for him because he was trying so hard, mm-hmm. and it was genuine. Because when we talked with him up in the room, right, it was a lot better. Yeah, but it was just too much for him to to do that. And he was trying to do the right thing, but it just made me feel so bad. But to open yourself up the way he did about the fight oh, with Alzheimer's is just oh, no, that's remarkable. a totally different yeah. It, no, there was and, and I remember when it came up, you know, should we honor Bill? Yeah, why well, yeah. Because we always honor an athlete most right. of the time most of the time. We did the the firefighters and, the and police we did officers. A, we did Pete Pavia one time. He was right. a referee. But yeah, I mean, to me, it was a no-brainer. And then you know, the big five, and and you, and you could because what it said to me was you could see him starting. I could finally see it starting to go down mm-hmm. when he was up in the room. When we talked to him up in the room, I he actually was great. thought he was really good. Um, but you know what? It, it was Bill trying to give us the best of Bill. So you know, I don't fault him for that. It just, it just, it it, it almost made me cry. I, I was just kind of, you know. And well, part of me felt bad. Yeah, but I, I not for what we were doing or for what he was doing. No, but I don't mean it that way. But I mean, look, it, it, he he was a gentleman. Uh, you know, obviously his wife, uh, you know, his wife was just absolutely huge. Um, she fought cancer for a long time, mm-hmm. passed away. I want to say a year ago, maybe eighteen yeah. months ago. Yeah, it hasn't been a good few years. And it hasn't been a good few years. See, so. I think Bob made a good point. And I don't think we saw it a lot, but there was that other side to Bill. Yeah. He, it is a podcast, so I can probably say he yeah. can be a prick in, in, in a in a nice way, in in a journalistic way, like yeah. in a in a. Oh, um, he can needle with or, the best of them. Yeah, when we were just in a group of guys, and, and you and he'd say something that maybe you didn't think, you know, Bill, Bill, you really you said that he 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 got off some good lines sometimes. Like I would be with him at places, and I just kind of, hey, Bill, <laughs> you know, you know what? I think it also when it comes from. A guy like him that you don't always expect it. It, it, right. it adds to the to the value. And he was like, "Look, we're, and I know we all kid each other. We're, we're not bad guys. No, I mean, even some of us that we consider bad guys aren't bad, aren't guys. bad guys. But in our profession, he was a good guy. It's an overused term. I know that Ray Didinger to me is is like that. Yeah, uh, and of course they're throwbacks to a different era. I don't think in today's world you could produce. A Bill Lyon and a Ray D. Well, I really that, don't. That's kind of where I was going. With, I know, and but but that's it's a different world now. It's it is. not. Um, you it's know, strange because it's you know it was as competitive back then. Obviously, it was more competitive. I well, think. yeah. I mean, I'm because you could actually there, there are no you, nobody beats anybody anymore. No, you beat them for ten seconds. You beat them for ten. Back then, you did. Like you could have a story, and when people woke up the next day and picked up their paper, you could be the only one that had it. I mean, I remember, not to toot, I don't mean this in this way, but when Villanova, when I found out that Villanova was going to get invited to join the Big East for football, right. we had it. Yeah. Nobody else did. 
And, you know, and there were times when the Inquirer had it, and I, and, and we didn't, and, right. you know. Now that, the, I don't think that ever happens. No. Think about that golden era. Hockman, F- uh, Lyon, Frank Dolson. Uh, You're not going to be able to name them all. Conlon, Wicker, Wicker, Wicker. Um, uh, Tom, Tom Greer, Tom Cushman, um, Shulian was Shulian. here for a while. Yeah. He, he was only here for a while. I'm sure I'm leaving somebody out. That, that, that's why I hate doing things like this because I'm sure I'm leaving. Like Sandy Grady, right? Was it yeah. the Bulletin? Elmer. Yeah, but there, there's a couple more I'm, I'm, I know I'm missing, and, and I hate when I do that, but yeah. And that's just among the columnists. I mean, forget about Phil. You know, we've yeah. talked, we, you and I both talk about Ted. Yeah. People, people today won't understand. You got your paper in the morning to find out what happened in the world. You didn't know. Because if, if Al Melter didn't tell you at 11.15, in the three or four minutes that Al Melter had to tell you sports, I'll never forget, I, I remember back in the, when I was in high school, in the, the NCAA championship, the UCLA one year like went triple overtime mm-hmm. to beat Dayton or something in like the first or second round. And you didn't know about it until the next day. You picked, and the only thing you got was a score. UCLA 102, Dayton 101, 3 OT. Late. That's it. <laughs> yeah. But, but there was nothing else. You didn't know what happened. You didn't know. Sure. Yeah, and that was the world that we kind of lived in. And, and ESPN changed a lot of that. It really did. Because then ESPN became your the CNN of sports. Right. And now the whole world is, you know, you hear about it in what? Half, half a minute? Yeah. So, Bill... Bill Lyon passed away at 81. Uh, our thoughts and condolences, obviously, to, to Bill's surviving family, his sons, um, who we met at the sports writer banquet a couple of years ago. And uh, it's obviously been a very difficult time. Uh, so that will do it for our show. Mr. Kern is off to Myrtle Beach. Uh, we will have a and show. And Villanova. And Villanova. Uh, so read them. In, on- Did they win that tournament? I, they've won six straight November tournaments. Baylor's, I think, their main opposition down there. Uh, I think there's another good team too. Somebody Utah is Utah out there. They might. I'm going to guess, and it's just that they're not. Probably not. But they have one which I find amazing. Arch's freshman year, they won one where he he hit a shot. I think to beat Kansas or sent a game into like sophomore they, year. Yeah, down in okay, Bahamas. Okay, but they, the, 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 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. Yeah. Well, the last six years, mm-hmm. they've won six straight. They've won the Thanksgiving tournaments. tournament. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Mike will be down there. Uh, we will hear from him. We hope on Thursday for his. I'll picks. figure it out. Uh, or I did his... okay last week. Yeah, Mike Rodano. Mike Rodano will join us. Uh, See, you're better in, off already to sit in on Thursday, and then next week we are. Is Rodano coming here? He is coming. here. Wow. See, you got to get him in Northeast Philly pizza. I already planning it. And don't say it's Pizza City. It's not Pizza City. Good. Um, and then next week we will have one show on, I believe we're doing it Tuesday, Monday or Tuesday. We'll figure it out. Um, and not that there's anything wrong with Pizza City, because I know no. Breen will get upset. Yeah. But but he, I'll, I'll, off the air, I'll tell you where, you know where to go. I, I know where to tell to you where to go, Cripes. So thank you for joining us. Have a good Tuesday and Wednesday. We will talk to you on Thursday. This has been Working the Beat. Thanks, Bob Ford. Thank you to Bob Ford for joining us. And I really should hit the the music here. There we go. Take care, everybody.